0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
1: From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun, our weekly podcast about the weather. And this is the fourth episode in our special series about weather, and how it relates as the world continues to fight COVID-19. Since our last visit together, the events surrounding our struggle to understand, contain, and treat the coronavirus seems to change at a moment's notice, and the impact to our lives and the economy seem to be changing just as fast as the volatile weather that we saw that produced many events, including wintry snow and deadly severe storms, all in the past week. Well, in just a moment, we'll catch up with AccuWeather's founder and CEO, Dr. Joel Myers, to talk to and get his take on some of the recent developments, particularly this question of, is six feet enough for social distancing? Then as we all strive to get as much fresh air and sunshine as possible, I thought we should talk to a dermatologist to remind ourselves what are the good practices that we can use in dealing with the sun. And finally, in our weekly visit with Dr. Eric Fisher, we'll talk about the growing concern for many of us, including me, about how do you put away your work when you're actually working from home? That's all coming up in Everything Under the Sun. But let's get right to our conversation with founder and CEO of AccuWeather, Dr. Joel Myers. Well, first of all, Joel, it's in some ways hard to believe that it's been three weeks since we talked. In some ways, it seems like three seconds. In other ways, it seems like three years. Uh, first of all,
2: how are you? I'm great. How are you doing, Dean?
1: Joel, I'm doing well. I've been blessed with good health and safety and certainly appreciative of the opportunities to continue to help people make important decisions based on the weather. So, Joel, in the last three weeks, we keep getting new information and new suggestions, new guidelines, And I know one hot button issue has been recent studies and theories that the current CDC recommendation of six feet of separation for social distancing just may not be enough.
2: So uh, there's been a lot of talk about six feet apart being the distance that people should strive for in order to minimize the spread and control the spread of the coronavirus. But as a a meteorologist who deals with uh, the atmosphere and air movement, and so on, there's a major uh, fault or fallacy in just using six feet. Let me explain. So inside, indoors, where there's no air movement, and if you're not moving, then six feet probably makes sense. Because uh, unless you do a powerful sneeze or cough, and then you may need to be further apart than six feet. But in general, uh, because there's no movement, the air that comes out of your mouth or out of a normal, a small cough or something, goes out a couple of feet and then gradually falls to the floor. And the droplets are different sizes, so the, the larger ones are heavy and fall faster. The tiny ones may be in the air for several minutes, perhaps even as long as five or 10 minutes, because they're going to fall much slower, real tiny ones. But when you're outside, or if you're moving, it's a different story. For example, if you're moving in the air still, so you're moving inside, let's say that people are both moving in the same direction, uh, and they're walking at a a, a little fast speed, but not super fast, not running, uh, covering a mile in 15 minutes, four miles an hour, basically four miles an hour is about six feet per second. So if two people are walking one behind the other at four miles an hour, or six feet per second, in one second, they're going to be where the person was in front of them a second ago uh, because they're covering that six feet. So clearly, if two people are walking in the same direction and the air is still, they need to be much further apart than six feet. Of course, it depends how fast they're both moving. But if they're both moving at the same speed, probably the example I gave, they should be at least 15 feet apart. So that hasn't been discussed. Now, if you're outside, of course you have to consider the wind and the air movement. And the air moves sometimes steadily at a certain speed. And other times the air is much more unstable and it's gusty. If the air is stable and it's moving steadily and there's not much up and down motion, you have to consider that. And if the air is blowing and two people are apart by six feet, or you expand it to 20 feet, like I just said, and they're both walking, but the wind is blowing at 10 miles an hour, then you have to be much further apart because if the air will blow right into your face, it comes out of the other person. So you may need to be 25 or 30 feet apart, even allowing for the fact that turbulence will mix the air up and some of it may take the air up to higher levels, it may, some of the droplets may go way to the ground. Uh, some of it may be dispersed in all directions through the turbulence and so on. But the point is that six feet is usually not enough. Now, if the air is blowing the other way, okay, if it's blowing away from people, well, it's blowing then from the first person to the second. So the person behind then, if the air is coming from behind both people, is blowing to the person up front. And so that person would be in more, at more risk. and more risk. So there's a lot of factors involved. But the end result is I try and stay 25 feet away from people. And I've been doing this myself for weeks. I don't think six feet is enough. And I've been staying, uh, doing my best to stay 25 or 30 feet away from people when I'm outside taking a walk. And even further when I can. Because I don't know how the air currents are moving The virus. I realize that may be uh, extraordinary and that that may be overkill, but why take a chance? So uh, I wanted to point out the fact that the air motion and the motion of people affects uh, how far apart you should be, and six feet is not the magical answer in all situations.
1: Well, Joel, so much has unfolded since we first talked about this pandemic three weeks ago. So as someone who is privy to the latest information, plus someone who's researched in depth the relationships that other pandemics and transformative events have had in accordance with the weather and the economy and our lives, I was interested in hearing your thoughts on where you think things stand right now and What may be coming for us in the future weeks and months?
2: Yeah, so first Dean, I want to make a call out to all the great employees at AccuWeather and and the terrific work that we're doing of keeping people informed and uh, advised and warned of severe weather. Uh, We uh, were first, with many of the warnings across the southeast and and, uh, ahead of the tornadoes, and the severe weather that unfortunately took many lives. But I'm sure the AccuWeather forecast and warnings saved many lives across the areas that hit by severe weather by uh, being specific and detailed and uh, first with many of those warnings. And it's a tremendous tribute to our team and the hard work many people working 16, 18-hour days during such severe weather events. The the talent and skill of of our people is is extraordinary. And I uh, You know, I'm so thankful that they've done such a great job as always, and and their dedication is uh, inspiring. And uh, as you may know, we've also volunteered, uh, trying to help out a little bit by offering uh, these unique services of severe weather, uh, whether it's tornado warnings, hail, flooding, high winds, all the things that are a threat to the tents and the temporary hospitals have been set up. So we've offered this service free of charge. Uh, which is used by uh, hundreds and hundreds of companies across the country, but three of charged to hospitals and medical centers so that they can take action when severe weather's heading their way and get their patients and, and nurses and the doctors out of harm's way. And it's been amazing. We've had over 300 hospitals and medical centers have taken advantage of the service We've been more signing up uh, dozens a day. We're, we're happy to do our small part during this uh, this crisis, this uh, pandemic this I mean it's almost like we uh, you know w- woke up one day to find ourselves in a bad movie or a bad dream. Sadly, it's not a dream. it's the new reality we've been thrust into. but it's also amazing to see how people have pulled together not only at AccuWeather but across the country uh, to deal and across the world really to deal with uh, this uh, crisis and uh, it, it, is, uh, and it is a crisis, uh, we can't control it. We don't know when it'll end, but we can take steps to do all we can to, to mitigate it. So uh, it saddened me uh, to see some of the things that we've all witnessed. I'm sure it saddened many of us, but also I've witnessed much kindness, compassion, and community, all of which inspire me. So once we're past this, and, and we would, will get past this, Uh, I look forward to the future of AccuWeather and and the future of our society. I might also say that America has been through numerous crises before in its nearly 250-year history. Other frightening pandemics, uh, the Great Depression, two world wars, the Civil War, 9-11, and we've always emerged stronger than ever, although the challenges were great, and at times the future did not always look bright. Resiliency is core to the American character, and I have faith in the brilliant scientists and the innovative universities, the laboratories, working round the clock, as well as the American companies collaborating with foreign counterparts to find treatments and a cure for this pandemic. We have something now that never existed before in a crisis of this magnitude, and we have scientists who are instantly communicating and sharing knowledge and data via the internet. And that's a powerful tool. I'm hopeful that measurable progress will be made in the coming months. So, uh, we're more advanced than we've ever been. We have more advanced tools uh, than we've ever had. And so, that's uh, certainly a positive and a reason to be optimistic. Joel, well, thanks so much for
1: spending time with me today. We appreciate your insights. And I would like to say, on behalf of all of us who are working so hard at AccuWeather, we thank you and our company for all it is doing to help keep us safe with all the initiatives that the company is taking. And I know how much that the special service to hospitals and medical providers is meaning to our frontline heroes who are treating those who are suffering. If you or someone that you know is associated with a test center or other medical facility, and you'd like more information, you should go to hospital.accuweather.com to learn more, and sign up for this life-protecting service. Coming up next, as most of us want to get under the sun as much as we can these days, we talk to a dermatologist to remind us how to keep our skin healthy as we head into the longest days of the year. Listen to Weather Insider every weekday for a discussion on trending weather news with me, Bernie Rayno, and Evan Myers. You'll get detailed insight into major weather events and learn the why behind the weather, gaining knowledge on terms like what's a nor'easter. Just subscribe to Weather
0: Insider on your favorite podcast platforms today.
1: And welcome back to Everything Under the Sun. As we talk about our relationship to the sun, it seems these days we want to get outside as much as possible, trying to get that fresh air. And as we get here into the month of April... In the United States, it's really starting to get apparent, that longer sun day and just the sun angle getting higher. I thought it was a good time to talk to someone who can talk about the benefits of the sun to our health, but also how to mitigate the risk factors of the sun and its damage to our skin. Welcoming into everything under the sun, um, licensed and clinical professor of dermatology, Dr. Larry Green of the D.C. Area from George Washington University School of Medicine. Dr. Green, it's uh, great to be with you. Uh, the sun is our friend, but it can also be something that we need to respect and, and really take into account to prevent uh, damage and problems. But uh, we need the sun. And so, how do we strike that balance and, on a certain day and this time of year? Wow, you know, that's a great question, Dean. And, and thank you for having me.
3: Um, yeah, we certainly need the, to get outside these days. There's no doubt my family sees me, I'm sure everyone's the same way, my family sees me pacing the house because we're, we're staying in our home all the time and we get a chance to get outside when it's not raining, it's nice out. We want to take advantage of the open, fresh air and we can get out and enjoy ourselves. But of course, we want to practice safe sun. That's very important because sun causes can cause skin cancer. In fact, you know, 9,500 people a day in the United States are diagnosed with skin cancer. And um, that's one in five Americans can develop skin cancer during their lifetime. So we certainly want to mitigate that. We want to protect ourselves. So sort of like, you know, when we're we're supposed to be wearing masks now, when we go into um, closed social spaces like stores and and things like that, we want to protect ourselves from the sun, not just COVID for the mask, we want to protect ourselves from the sun. So we want to wear hats if we can. Uh, We want to wear long sleeve shirts if it's not too hot. We want to wear sunscreen in places where we're not protected from the sun with clothing, and we want to use a broad spectrum, water-resistant sunscreen with an SPF 30 or higher. And sunglasses, of course, are important to protect our eyes. So, and and I usually recommend not the spray sunscreen, but the the kind you rub in. I think that's much easier to get more even protection with that. So those those are things we want to do. We want we we need to get outside. We certainly have cabin fever, but it's important to protect ourselves when we're outside and about and and getting outside
1: and enjoying the the springtime weather. And as a meteorologist, I think it's important to remind people that you think about April, oh, it's April, it's not really summer yet, but this is the same sun angle that we see in August. And as we get to May, then it's July. And so you think it's spring, but in terms of sun angle and intensity, it's really starting to pick up. I noticed it the other day on the disc golf course, and I said to my partner, "It's time for me. I got to grab the hat. It's time for me to have the hat on every day now."
3: It's it certainly is because you mentioned it, you know we, we see the angle of the sun higher in the sky, and it's you know June is where the the peak is, or. So Like you said, almost there between here and August, it's the same. So it may be sometimes cool days outside, but the angle of the sun is very strong. So those hats are very important. It's beating down on our heads. And when we're walking about, stay in the shade if you can. You know, you don't always have to walk in the sun. Of course, we want to enjoy the outdoors. We'll be in the sun sometime, but we'll have our hats. We'll have our clothing. We'll have sunscreen on and we'll protect ourselves. But... By all means, yeah, we, we want to uh, enjoy the outside and, 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 and be protected. The angle of the sun is strong.
1: And and then the other thing is to kind of understand SPF uh, because everything's different. And, and I can't tell you how many friends that I know that... Um, Joel, my partner's from Puerto Rico and we go down and of course there, the sun angle is just crazy all the time. And, and being a, a, from Pennsylvania going down to Puerto Rico, it's just, it's just intense, but had so many friends go down there and they think an umbrella is going to protect them. And then they don't understand that. The cheaper umbrellas have a really kind of low SPF when you think about it. They don't really block out total sun and all that UV. And then there's also the scatter effect, right, on the beach of all that UV coming off the reflections off the water and the sand itself. That's
3: very true. A, a sun umbrella is not necessarily the end all to just sit there with no no protection on, no sunscreen, no shirts, no hat. It adds a little layer, but certainly not enough. And you mentioned the reflection. In fact, even on cloudy days, up to 80% of the, the – um, UV rays of the sun can still reach your skin. So even if we're going out there, we're not even at the beach, we're walking about on a cloudy day, it's important to protect yourself with clothing, hats, and and sunscreen. So certainly a sun umbrella is part of the whole thing, but it doesn't give you license to not do anything else. Very true, very important. Scatter, the sun umbrella not being completely protective. We don't wanna give ourselves skin cancer later on in life. So we certainly wanna stay wrinkle free as well and then have fewer wrinkles. So definitely dress to protect yourself from the sun and, and use that sunscreen and the hats everything you can but enjoy yourselves we don't want everyone to have cabin fever like we said
1: yeah and then also this time of year i would think that now we're fighting humidities in different parts of the country you know the warm humid air is trying to surge in from the south that dry wintry skin cracking air is still pushing in hard from the north and so i know you know one minute my skin's cracking and the next minute i feel greasy and oily and that's not good right for for things uh, so uh, as a dermatologist this could be a tough time of year to try to keep that balance too. It really
3: is. Today is an, a, a great example. There's low humidity up. The sun is very strong. And then you know, yesterday was a humid day. So it's just like you said. It's perfect, you know, for for you guys. The weather is changing with spring, and it's a lot of information to give people because things are constantly on the change. And, and the same thing for me with skin. The skin is constantly changing. So on days, for example, where your skin is drier, you want, may want to use a thicker sunscreen. And again, make sure the sunscreen says broad spectrum protection, not just the SPF. We sort of mentioned that. The SPF just refers to partial protection from the sun. We want 30 or higher, but you want that broad spectrum protection. If that's not on the bottle, you don't want to use that sunscreen regardless of the SPF, but use a cream. Use a cream if your skin is dry. And if your skin is on the more oily, like on on a humid day, you can use a lighter sunscreen lotion or a gel sunscreen.
1: Dr. Larry Green from George Washington University School of Medicine, clinical professor of dermatology. I guess the last question I would have you know there's a recommended daily allowance or a, a kind of a, a serving size for how much you should eat of uh, or how many uh, carbs you should have and how much sun a day? do you think for beneficial health should you try to get? is that is there a, is there a good answer to that? I Well, my answer would be you don't necessarily have to be in the sun
3: other than going to and from your daily activities. I wouldn't expend extra time on the sun unless you want to and then use protection like we all talked about. If someone wants to get vitamin D, actually much more efficient ways of getting vitamin D than from the sun is by eating foods such as salmon or tuna or egg yolks or cheese. And we have fortified cereals and milk that have vitamin D these days. And also taking vitamin D supplements. I take vitamin D supplements a few times a week, and that's certainly kept my vitamin D up uh, levels to normal. So it's a much more efficient way of, of getting your vitamin D than being in the sun is to eat it and take supplements. And that's what I would recommend because we don't want to be outside in the sun any more than we need to be outside to get our daily activities done or to enjoy some time outside with protection. If I can add real quick, the Skin Cancer Awareness Month starts in May, and we, um, the American Academy of Dermatology wants to encourage Americans to practice safe sun. So if people use the hashtag practice safe sun, pra- hashtag practice safe
1: sun, send pictures of themselves practicing safe sun, uh, they can be featured on social media. Dr. Green, you can practice safe sun anytime here on Everything Under the Sun. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Dean. It's been a pleasure. Thanks again to Dr. Green. Uh, again, if you would like to learn more about skin cancer prevention and detection, you can go to a website, spotskincancer.org. Again, that's spotskincancer.org, or you can use the hashtag SafeSun on Twitter and Instagram. And Dr. Green is on Instagram at L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E, dr L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E, Green, Green. All right, friends, uh, thanks again to Dr. Green. We're going to get our weekly visit with Dr. E, and we're going to talk about something that is hitting close to home, how to turn work off when you're working from home. More coming up on everything under the sun. Make AccuWeather Daily a part of your daily routine. Enable the flash briefing and say, Alexa, what's my flash briefing? To access this content on Google Assistant, all you have to say is, Hey Google, talk to AccuWeather Daily. You'll get the top trending weather story of the day, every day. And welcome back to Everything Under the Sun as we spend time in our weekly visit now with Dr. E. You know him as that on his multiple appearances on CNN, NBC, on Fox. I'm talking about licensed psychologist, author, media consultant, Dr. Eric Fisher, who's authored two books, The Art of Managing Everyday Conflict, Understanding Emotions and Power Struggles, and The Art of Empowered Parenting, The Manual You Wish Your Kids Came With. Dr. E, so glad for your... To join us here today, um, look here we are. Many of us four, or five weeks in. I'm into my fifth week. It's hard to imagine. And you know, one of the biggest things that I've been struggling with personally, and and so many people I talk to have been struggling, and yet it doesn't seem like it's getting out there to talk about because there's so many other big issues. But it's this separation between work and normal, regular life the separation that we get when we are able to leave the office physically and kind of put work away in some shape or form. But in this new paradigm, when many of us are working from home and the office is just around the corner or the office may even be part of the living room now, it's just the way it is in some places, right. that separation, right? That separation is just so hard to come by anymore in my mind
0: and it's really starting to wear on me. Well, for so many people, this is a new experience. And uh, for my wife and I, for example, we've been doing this for over 20 years uh, where I do my writing and would write my books and things and, you know, in the evening and, and do my client work at the office. But my wife's office has been in our, in our home for over 25 years. So it, it, it took a long time for her to really look at that because we would work off until 11 o'clock at night and uh, finding those boundaries difficult. However, now what's added is it's almost like feels like it's a survival of the fittest with your job. There's so many people who are taking pay cuts or risk of pay cuts. There's so many people being furloughed that I think in, in business right now, people are feeling like, I need to stand out. I need to be exceptional. I need to surpass all of these goals. Even though there's not a lot of work to do, people still feel like they they need to stay busy through this time, and that's hard because it doesn't matter sometimes how hard you're working. It's it's an issue of the finances of the company of the income and all those pieces that are things that are beyond our control. And that's why I think we have to look at again that balance of fear and control that I often talk about.
1: And then I think the other thing is um, the the reality is people and households have different work schedules. You know, you don't align your work schedule so. In my house, I'm up at 2.33 in the morning, and then my poor partner has to listen to me droning on radio broadcast uh, very early in the morning, and then we overlap during the midday, and then I'm done around 1, 2 o'clock, and then he's got a few more hours, and I'm raring to go to get outside and try to get some fresh air. and That balance
0: is extremely hard in itself. Well, it is, and, and, and I think... You know, what we have to do is work on defining our structure, because structure is really important, and especially for human beings, have creating habits, healthy habits that that give us time and separation. But also in your situation, this overlap between both people is living in a single household. So that's difficult, because how do you find your quality time when there's this underlying stress about the pandemic and the underlying stress about work and finances? And the longer this wears on, people often will stay busy also to distract. And that's another piece we have to look at here.
1: And for some people, that distraction is getting out of the house, going away, taking little trips. And that's certainly not, I hate to say this. I mean, this doesn't, everybody else's problems are bigger, but right now my head is I'm supposed to be on vacation in Las Vegas, having a good time right at this very moment. I'm supposed to be sitting by the
0: pool And so that's playing out in my mind over and over again. Well, you know, life is what happens when you're making plans, as they say, you know. So sometimes we have to look at situations and and why it's good to have those, I think, those things that now you can maybe look to plan for that vacation in the future and see what you can do. Yes, that can also feel, feel very frustrating when these things in life get in the way of what our hopes and dreams and wishes and wants were.
1: So, Dr. E, I find from that the struggle is now, you know, like I'm talking about in my head and doing and and thinking about all my problems, and I'm not really considering everybody else's, uh, but really now everybody else is in that boat. And that kind of extension of yourself to try to put yourself in somebody else's shoes in these situations, to me, seems to be the key of how resolve some of these conflicts that come up in these situations?
0: Well, perspective taking is important. And I think that's where we want to stop and slow down. And there's three questions that I teach kids and often parents when I'm working with them that are problem solving questions. One is, is, is what I'm going to do or doing a good idea? Does it hurt, harm, or interfere with anyone, anything, or myself? And is there a different or better way to do it? And right now with people's stress levels wearing them down, with people's proximity to potentially family members and and not being able to get out and do the exercise or movement or get to the office even to do the things we do, I think we're going to see a lot of tempers become shortened. I know that there are increased incidents of violence in homes and conflict in homes that we have to look at. So when we're looking at these issues and how it's pinging our emotions, that's where I talk about our emotions that are protective. And those emotions are anger, rage, arrogance, flippancy, defiance, sarcasm, and hatred. And these emotions always come up after we often feel like we're losing power. Either we feel threatened or frustrated or failure, guilt, shame, fear. Emotions in our culture we call bad and wrong and weak. So whenever anybody's feeling or moving towards anger, rage, hatred, or they're losing their temper, I say, stop and slow down and look at the emotions that are behind what's prompting this desire to really have power over others or power over our emotions.
1: And I think part of that too, this week, uh, we're, you know, like I said, four or five weeks for, for many folks. And then we've had this just Awful weather, in parts of the country. I mean, it's snowed as we record this uh, mid to late week in Chicago. Bad accidents, and uh, you know this bad weather in parts of the country that is playing on everybody's psyche right now. That idea that there's just such a desire to try to get as much fresh air as you can, and then also the balance of the places where the fresh air is and there's good weather to try to balance that with the distraction of actually working. You know, you want to get out so much outside. When do you? Give into that temptation and, and let things go. Those are hard battles right now as well.
0: Right, right. And, I, you know, there were the storms even in Atlanta here where I am that moved through this week. And a lot of people didn't sleep that night because they felt a lot of concern about the storms, hearing about the weather. So, cumulatively, it's important to take these times and break down what are the different sources of stress that I have and what can I do about them. And again, look at the element of control. So, do the best you can plan for weather incidences. Do the best that you can plan to make sure that you and your family are safe in the social distancing. Do the best to plan for your activities so that you can get exercise and also plan your day. Make sure other people in your home know the hours you need to work. If something comes up, you feel you need to work late, then let them know this is, this is what I need. And also ask, like we were talking about perspective taking a little bit ago, Ask other people what they need and what they're feeling and how you can help them and make it a team effort because through this time, like I said, this is where you can make the most of a difficult situation, understand each other better, build your relationship into the future and really understand what each other's needs are through this process.
1: And that was, you were talking about with your family and those you're living with. I think to me, what you also said resonated with the same issues with work and that separation, you know, communicating and making sure people understand where you are and, and that kind of thing. That's more important uh, in that situation as well to, to ease that frustration.
0: Right. And I know in my wife's work, they just saying that they're providing actually more EAP hours. Um, so check with your employer's. And see if you're having stress. There, you know, there are a lot of therapists doing teletherapy sessions now. If you don't have those resources, make sure if there are hotlines somebody needs to use if they're feeling under significant stress. There are different hotlines people can call for mental health and and other, other needs. Like I said, I'm I'm concerned about the long term stress on people with for post-traumatic stress, obsessive compulsive issues, depression, anxiety. These are things that as this wears on and our stress level might continue to mount, we need to find strategies to decrease stress, plus also to talk about the things that we feel may be uh, concerning us right now.
1: All right, Dr. E, thank you so much. We will check in with you again next week. I'll look forward to it. Thanks again to Dr. Eric Fisher. You can get him on Twitter at Dr. E. It's shorthand for doctor. So it's at D-C-T-R-E. Again, that's at D-C-T-R-E and we appreciate his visits, and we'll see him and talk to him again next week. Friends, we had a wild week of weather this past week, the wintry cold, snow, a 50-car pileup in the Chicago early morning of last Wednesday, and more snow heading into the weekend in places, and that winter chill is going to retreat and then give way to some warmer air at times, and Certainly, it's going to be a warm-up in Texas briefly here at times. And then as we go into the upcoming week, it looks like more rain events for the southeast and possibility of some more strong storms. So there's plenty to keep track of on accuweather.com. You can also keep track of this virus and its effects to the United States and the world at our website at www.accuweather.com/coronavirus. And again for medical professionals who are working in testing centers or places where there's outdoor triage or any kind of hospital facility that needs severe weather and specialized weather forecasting, you can go to hospital.accuweather.com. We are tremendously proud of all we do at AccuWeather to keep you safe and informed. And we'll try to do that again next week for another edition of Everything Under the Sun with our special coronavirus series continuing. For executive producers, Ken Prell and Andrew Robb, I'm Dean DeVore. Have a safe and healthy week.